What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today we're going to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. And this is an interesting rotation. I think a lot of Cardinals fans, uh, when they made all of these signings back in, I want to say like November, right out of the gate, uh, it was one after the other. And uh, they thought, okay, I guess this is fine. Maybe this is fine. And I will say the Sunny Gray signing, I think, is great. I think that Sonny Gray has a super high floor. Um, what he does is very unique in the sense that, uh, well, he does have two very distinctively different approaches versus left-handers and right-handers, which is something that I've been really understanding more and more um, throughout this offseason. I braced it last year. I've been bracing it now uh, more than ever. And really, Sonny Gray is the perfect example of this. So what he does against left-handers, for example is he throws this four-seamer that has cut action to it, and really think of it like a cutter, so much glove side. And then he pairs that with his curveball inside the zone for strikes, and then a slider that has both horizontal and vertical depth, and uses that in two-strike counts to go underneath bats. This is how he gets his outs. He sometimes does surprise with front-hip sinkers, and the only time he really uses sinkers in this way. Uh, but it's really... Those three pitches uh, of that four-seamer inside, um, the curveball over the plate for strikes, and then that slider underneath. And uh, that's great. It works. He's really good at commanding that. And then for right-handers, he saves that slider once again, which is by far and away his best pitch. It is such a vicious, amazing slider. Uh, it's not even, it, it, Some want to say it's a sweeper, but it's just not really just has too much depth. It's just amazing. <laughs> um, and there's a famous story. I remember um, in 2020, I think it was uh, when um, someone uh, introduced him to rap soda machines and uh, they were really upset because Sonny Gray used it once and then noticed like, oh, wait, hold on. And then made an adjustment. All of a sudden had a better slider because he got around on it more and all of a sudden was introduced to it and just had a better pitch. And I think that's just incredible. That is how uh, Sonny Gray is good. So against righties, obviously that slider is great, but again, he saves it for two strikes counts. And I would honestly suggest that if Sonny Gray were to embrace that uh, slider a little bit more as a strike, uh, that would be good. I think the Yankees tried to do that and Sonny Gray was against it. So fine. He says, no, no, that's my two strike pitch. I don't really want to throw it for a strike. Even though it has so much movement, it would be so good for a strike, it's all right. I think the curveball can be used more than about 11% as it is right now um, over the plate. As Gray does go with that fastball away, that cutter away as well. Um, and But what is so interesting about Sonny Gray to me is that he has a sinker that on paper, if you just kind of look at it and you go, well, this is clearly well over the plate, like this should not be so effective against righties, they... they should be able to smack this other way easily or even just get around the bat and pull it down the left field line. But instead, it has massively high called strike rates. So Sonny Gray's sinker against right-handers has like 25 to 30% called strike rates on it. And that's because of that cut action on the four-seamer. The Everything is going away from that sinker, except, of course, the sinker that goes back in. So he lives outside and batters don't know if it's going to go further off the plate or back over. And he freezes them constantly. And it's really cool, I got to say. Uh, for ways that he could improve with the Cardinals is really just em em embracing that ground ball rate. It is still Goldschmidt and Arenado. They aren't necessarily at the peaks of their career, but they are very good defensively. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cardinals fans, but I feel like up the middle is better than it used to be with DeYoung and, and others. So it's a solid defense behind him. 
Uh, and then if he gets that four-seamer in cutter, um, which he sometimes uses against lefties, really it's just really the cut four-seamer. Um, if he gets a down more, uh, I think there's more to like here. The Yankees actually tried to suggest putting the four-seamer upstairs, which I don't understand how he could possibly do that. Even though it's high spin, it's spin away from what you want from a high four-seamer. Um, but Sonny Gray, to me, is someone that actually has better command than I thought with all of his volatility. And I think the volatility is actually rooted in his best pitch, the slider being saved for two strikes. That means that if the pitches beforehand are not as pristine or batters are able to jump on those, well, then Sonny Gray just isn't going to have as much success, right? So there's your volatility, but honestly, we see it constantly. He's very good in, in the ratio department, the low whips. His hipper nines are constantly low. His strikeout rate is always hovering 25%. And really the only question is health at this point. And that's pretty great. Getting a starter that you are going to be confidently starting every time. Um, I really don't think you're going to get into a position this year that you don't want to put Sonny Gray into your lineup when he's starting. And I think he's getting a little bit overlooked. Uh, I'm not really sure where he is going in drafts right now, but I really just haven't thought much about Sonny Gray. And uh, yeah, he should be drafted ahead of the likes of like Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams. Um, he's just safer. So uh, I'm a fan of this. Uh, and I think St. Louis gives an opportunity for a good amount of wins. He's going to go six innings constantly. I think it's fine. Now, Lance Lynn, though, no. Uh, Lance Lynn is a problem, and that is because his four-seamer is just worse. It all comes down to the four-seamer. Everything else you want to talk about, the cutter, the curveball, the slider, changeup, whatever you want, it doesn't matter because the four-seamer is absolutely everything. It doesn't even have good pitch shape. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a good VA. I wouldn't say it's a good extension. I wouldn't say it's a good vert on it. And the velocity even has gone lower too. It's actually interesting. In 2021, uh, this pitch was, I think, at its peak of like a sub 30% ICR, which is crazy. And then it's gone up to about 45% in the last two years. So uh, not good stuff. <laughs> 2021, it was around like 28%. It was like 35% in 2022. And then uh, 2023, it was 45%. And when you throw over 70% strikes with the pitch, you do not want to have that high ICR. Uh, it means essentially you're throwing all these strikes and then batters are going to be swinging more and there's more things to make contact with and so on and so forth. Uh, Lance Lynn's fastball has gotten worse in velocity. It's about a tick and a half down from that 94 and change to about 92 and change, 92.5, as well as worse VAA um, as he's gotten lower, uh, oh, so sorry, hot on, on top of the ball more. Um, it's lower IVB. It's a worse fastball now. He's still got 20% swing strike rates. His precision at the top of the zone with it is still good for Lance Lynn. But this is not going to get better. I really don't think that there's just like some simple tweak here for Lance Lynn. He will have those days where he gets strikes from everything else. And he's able to precisely put that four seamer. When he does it right at the top of the zone, it's great. When it's not at the top of the zone, it gets crushed more than it used to be. That's the big difference here, and that's why he has so many home runs, is it's off this four-seamer that has cut action. It, it doesn't. It's weird. I don't want to go for this. I just, I just can't do it. There's also the health questions. Uh, it just all adds up to me of someone who's getting worse far faster than they are getting better, and especially when it's a heater that has lost velocity. Um, it just makes all the sense for me to avoid Lance Lynn and the headache he will provide. Um, there are other guys to talk about. I know there's there's Miles Michaelis and Kyle Gibson, Stephen Matz, not the most exciting ones. And on the fringe, not really too much, but there are some relevant prospects that we got to talk about. And we're going to talk about all of that 
after this break. Miles Michaelis is someone that I am just not interested in. I, I I don't really, I don't get it. He just throws sinkers and four seamers into the zone. They have 40 plus ICR rates. And I, sure, he doesn't walk many, but he's going to have a high hit per nine and he's not going to strike out batters. You know, like, what else do you want? Uh, <laughs> um, it, It's just not, there's just nothing really there. I, I don't want to do this. Um, his hit per nine was 7.6. Now I jumped to 10 hit per nine. Um, it's just all bad. I, I don't really know where he improves. The slider is okay, but it has a 10% swing strike rate. Um, yeah, I just, nope, nope, I can't, I can't do it. That's it. I, I, that's all the analysis you get for Miles Michaelis. I mean, there's not much else to say. His He throws a Tom strikes. Literally, it's over 70% strike rate in the four seamer and the sinker. And his ICR rates overall were 46 and 48% on the four-seamer and sinker. This is so bad. You can say throw the slider more. Yeah, 36% ICR. That's it, that's good. It's a kind of... Honestly, that's like an average for a slider, but it's obviously better than the others. He throws it 24% of the time. He throws fewer strikes with it. It's... I don't... No. The curveball is a 41% ICR rate. If you're thinking about that pitch, 20% usage. Yeah, just... Nope. Can't do it. Uh, Kyle Gibson is an interesting one because he uses a sinker as a backdoor to righties. And it's worked. Uh, he goes with uh, mostly sliders, I say, is his main thing. Changeups are more introduced against lefties. They aren't as effective as we want them to be. They're a little bit worse last year. The slider is really the best thing. Um, the changeup got... Uh, the changeup was way too far inside to lefties last year. He kept missing everything glove side, which is not a place you want to put um, opposite-handed changeups. Why? Because they're essentially going into the nitro zone, as Tyone called it. So you don't really want that. Um, he did change his slider from a gyro to a sweeper. And uh, generally those are less effective um, than... Uh, sweepers are generally less effective to opposite-handed batters um, than gyros are. So that meant that Gibson tried to incorporate a cutter to go with the changeup to lefties. And that wasn't really good. He is as mundane and whatever... As you want like it's a decent sinker that is everything and i again don't really want to do this this is a streaming option for the cardinals um 15 teamers i really don't want to go for this um it's going to be a 20 percent striker rate if you're lucky the volume last year of 192 innings is great volume is great when it happens i uh, predicting volume is the hardest thing to do that we in the off season and there's even like a theory that I have these days of those that have low volume one year have higher volume the next than those that have high volume the previous year. It's, yeah, it, it's weird. It's really hard to like hang your hat and say, well, no, I'm going to get 192 innings again from Kyle Gibson. Like, I can't say that. And do you want that at 473 ERA? That drags you down. That is a negative impact in ERA in a massive way. Same with the 132 whip. Sure, you get some strikeouts, sure, you can get some wins, but at what cost? Not really what I want to be doing. Steven Matz, I wish I could say good things about. And I am surprised that he has a 22% strikeout rate last year and has for a decent amount of time with a sub-4 ERA as well. I really don't love it. Um, I don't think the sinker is a very exceptional pitch. Um, he does limit damage better than expected for where he locates left-handed batter, uh, batters up in away. Um, the curve is something that does not get low. It just falls right in the middle of the zone too much. It is not that big whiff pitch either. Um, and I and I would say the the, the changeup could improve, but he just he just doesn't get it down. Um, 
and it's just all not quite there. Maybe if a season he can lock that in and get into a rhythm and once again be a decent streaming option. 22% strikeout rate is a product of cold strikes, not swinging strikes, as he just doesn't find whiffs. But here's an interesting stat. Steven Matz has not allowed a sub-9 hit per 9. That is, he averages at least one hit per inning every year since 2018. And that means his whip has not been below 125. So keep that in mind. This is a rhythm Vargas rule kind of guy, not that kind of pitcher that you think, okay, cool, great. I'm just going to go and chase and he's going to be my main guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, on the fringe, I mean, that's those are the five. It's pretty straightforward unless there's an injury for the Cardinals. Uh, you have Zach Thompson, who's kind of interesting. Uh, he needs to focus on his fastball command a little bit more. Um and it's an average VAA. He's not really like that kind of pitcher that you want him to be. Uh, there is a slider that does have whiff potential. The curve could be a reliable number three. I just don't think that the fastball is good enough to really lean into Zach Thompson, unfortunately. I do think that he's going to be their first option. Drew Rom is very weird where he changes his arm angle um, based on the pitch type. And I cannot get behind that. Um, no. <laughs> he like pulls down his arm for a sinker, then lifts it up for a fastball, four seamer and a and a slider. And I just can't do that. I just don't think this is a consistent guy whatsoever. Matthew Libertor had moments when he was 94, 95 and had a slider that was working and then the slider disappeared and then he was throwing 92. So unless I see that, then maybe there's some intrigue. But until then, Matthew Libertor, I'm really sorry, but I'm just not interested there. They do have... A few prospects. Uh, the one that I think is going to be more overlooked is um, Michael McGreevy. Uh, he doesn't really have fantasy relevance. He's more like a Toby type. Sinker focus doesn't really have a whiff pitch. And you might see him a moment, but he's not really a guy that I want to be focusing on. The other two are very interesting. Um, Takoa Roby is someone who didn't have a good Arizona Fall League. Um, but he has whiff ability upstairs with a 90 mile per hour four seamer and then a big curveball downstairs. And that's the Blake Snell blueprint. And it's interesting if he does develop that three pitch, four pitch mix, and he does feel like a guy that could be command focused. There is something somewhat nice there for Roby. And if the Cardinals don't want to go after Drew Rom starting, Matthew Libertor starting, or Zach Thompson starting when they, you know, someone inside of that rotation is going to get hurt then maybe we see Roby around May or even June, especially if he's doing well in April. It might be a little bit delayed because of how bad the AFL was. So, But keep an eye on Roby. And then there's Tink Hence. Wonderful name. Absolutely. Can't wait for him to have a fantastic fourth inning because that will be henceforth. He's young. He's 21 years old. He pitched in AA in 2023. He hits upper 90s with his four-seamer. Uh, he's got a fantastic... Uh, curveball he has a change of slider that he's hoping to be turn more consistent but yeah he has uh some legitimate stuff he's turned a ton of heads uh, he's a very highly ranked prospect it's just a matter of how is he going to perform in triple a how quick are the cardinals going to be on hence versus roby i think it's gonna be roby first he's someone that likely will get the call either midway this year or next year that's tink hence and when he does he's going to be an instant ad on all your fantasy teams that is it for today for the Cardinals. Check out Pitcherless Lifetime PL Pro and PL Plus. It is 1000 for a PL Pro Lifetime, 500 for PL Plus. You get that. You never pay another dime. You get everything we offer forever for Pitcherless. Um, it's something we were debating about doing or not. We're only doing a limited run of these. Uh, so there will be a, 
a time in this early bird that we shut it down. Um, so if you want to be a part of it and support us for life, that is the way you do it. You'll get exclusive merch. Uh, you can either get a hoodie or you can get a, a combination of a mug and a t-shirt um, that says Pitchless Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, and what's really cool about it is it's our way to say, like, look, if you're in this for the long haul with us, this is how you do it. We're going to be here for much longer than four years. So this is our way of saying thank you and really showcasing to you who have been here since forever um, as a way to really honor you and uh, give you really big a thank you because we have so much that we want to do and doing something like this allows you to kind of be in control of us being able to create some of those amazing things. Um, and we're just really excited about what's ahead for us. Um, I have an article on the site that you guys can, should go check out, which is outlining the things that we did last year in 2023, but also all of the projects we have for 2024. I'm not going to spoil it. Go check it out on the site. I, uh, Yeah, it's really, really exciting. So we hope that all of you are here with us. I hope that you can uh, support us for the lifetime subscription. And yeah, uh, I'll see you guys on the Discord. That is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your battles be low and your strikeouts high.